Welcome to episode 110 of the Grip Strip Podcast, Cryle Has Risen edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. And my name is Philip Matthew. I'm here with my co-host, Josh Fine. What's going on, brother? I'm doing great, Phil. I like that pun there. You know, Christ has risen. Well, Cryle has risen now. He's gotten 60 wins in the Cup Series and uh, got a dirt win after bashing the dirt track at Bristol prior to this uh, Bristol dirt race. But he won. Now I got to talk about it. You know, had a good Easter weekend with the family and sure you did too so uh glad we got to do that and everything but you know also glad to be able to get on here talk about the dirt race at bristol and all the things that uh we saw on saturday and sunday from the truck series and the cup series yeah that was the main race of the weekend of course the trucks and cup at the bristol dirt and uh it's a busy weekend coming up so we're definitely going to discuss all that we will talk about Kyle Busch's 60th Cup win, his ninth win at Bristol, his first on dirt. Um, it's ironic since he bitched about the COT when he won the first COT race. He bitched about the dirt, and by golly, that goofball went and won that race too because uh, Chase Briscoe uh, went for a Hail Mary and it failed and got into Tyler Reddick, and Tyler Reddick, the two best cars wrecked while uh, trying to go for the win, and Reddick almost won it. Uh, it's unfortunate. I was hoping for the 76 Daytona 500 kind of deal there with, with Petty and Pearson, but it didn't work out well for, uh, um, Reddick, unfortunately. But one thing's for sure, Tyler Reddick is way more mature than a lot of people that race in NASCAR and Chase Briscoe is way tougher than most people in NASCAR. Cause the fact of the matter is he literally walked down to Tyler Reddick and they hashed it out. Um, Hey, people talk shit about Brad Keselowski. People, I mean, Brad can't help himself. He's an idiot. But um, he has brought up a lot of great drivers, and those are two of his guys uh, during Brad the years at Brad Keselowski Racing. And they were able to handle this uh, as men and talk it out. I'm sure Tyler Reddick's thinking about it now and, like, fucking uh, pissed that he had his first win in the bag. And, well, Homestead's coming up. That'll be in, I, I figure he's going to win before Homestead, but, uh, you know, I, I think Briscoe also, we'll get into all that. I'm, I'm, we're getting, I'm getting off track here. Uh, we'll get into all of that with the cup series, Ben Rhodes, defending series champion was dominant at, uh, in the truck race, the, and the fact of the matter is he was able to come from tailback and get back to the front. Passes Carson Hosevar, who wanted that first win really bad. Uh, you feel bad for him, but he is close. He's really close to getting that first win. And he's one of them young guys who was rough around the edges, but he's figured it out. And he has a lot of talent. He is one of the only people that can drive a Nice truck and actually run it well. So there's only one other person that could do that. And that dude just won a cup race a few weeks ago. Uh We'll talk about the truck series. We'll get into the roundup after that, and it's a busy roundup. MotoGP and Moto2 at the Algarve, uh, F2 and F3 at Imola, World Superbikes at Assen, WRC Rally Croatia, Moto America at Road Atlanta, and then the British Touring Cars at Donington Park before we lead into the Parmigiano-Reggiano Grand Prix at Imola. And what will take place there, the first European round of the season? Will we see upgrades from the big teams? 
What can Mercedes do to make up that huge deficit that they have? What will Ferrari do at home now that they have the best car? Theoretically, can Charles Leclerc get another win and a home game um, and have all the Tafosi freak out uh, at uh, Imola? And then other other players that we need to look at. Uh, Cup and, and Xfinity will be at Talladega. There's been uh, certain news. Jeffrey Earnhardt's going to be running in a number three car there for RCR. And Larry Mack Reynolds is going to be his crew chief. So I said it at the bar yesterday that he's going to have a special plate. That thing is going to be faster than anybody else in in uh, in that whole entire racetrack, uh, akin to what Jimmy Spencer accused Dale Earnhardt Jr. of uh, back in 2001, which, to be fair, Jimmy Spencer was right. Um and I mean, the the reality though is for the next like four, three, four years, if you went to a super speedway race, it was either going to be the eight or the fifteen winning. So I mean, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was just really, really good at it. Oh, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to be on the broadcast for Fox yep, with this whole right. cross promotion thing. So Josh is really happy about it. Um, I might actually have to watch a Talladega race, which is brutal to watch because it's way too long. Um, they'll say, oh, you're, I'm an, I'm an old school fan. Talladega is unwatchable. It's always been unwatchable for me. For Josh, it's watchable because this guy wins all the time or did for many years. Me, I had no chance. Uh, so I'd wait for 20 to go or 30 to go. They destroy half the field. That's where Tony, one of Tony Stewart's greatest, uh, the greatest lines or, or interview things post-race interviews or post-rec interviews ever came from when Mike Arning was sitting to try sitting there trying not to break while he's like, I, I, I just wanted to be involved in one more wreck. If I could have been involved in one more wreck, it would have been perfect. He should tape it off solid and drive it until we blow up. Uh, and then after that, we should go and turn around and half the field should go one way and the other half the field should go the other way. Uh, it should be a figure eight. We should do a figure eight track. Um, and personally, when you consider the typical fan that goes to Talladega based on certain things that have also happened recently, you could make it a figure eight track. They wouldn't care anyway. They, you could drive right through the crowd and right through the sands. They would love it. They, they'd want to get mowed down. It wouldn't care. It would be select. I mean, it would be natural selection to be fair when it comes to certain fans that will show up at Talladega. And then you have, you have Clint Boyer who's going to be out in the infield now because Dale Jr. is going to carry the broadcast of Mike Joy. So he's going to be out there with his family and his cousins and cousin brothers and sisters. So he'll be happy and he'll be drunk. So that, that might actually be the best broadcast that Fox has done in about a decade and a half, which is saying a lot considering Fox is the lowest common denominator. But we'll uh, get into all that picks. People that need to get a win. Um, if you're in a Toyota, I think that's a pretty good call. Uh, Denny Hamlin outside of his backdoor win at Richmond has been God awful. Um, Kyle Busch has been up there backdoor to win. Truex doesn't have a win. Bell doesn't have one. And of course we know 2311 is going through a lot of crap right now. And Bubba Wallace is one of the best, uh, super speedway racers, uh, to piss off the, the LGB maggot people. The guy actually is really good at super speedway racing, so you could suck one. Um, he has a 1.67 average the last three races. 
on super speedways. To be fair, he also was in position to try to make a move, albeit he wasn't going to be able to because Atlanta's a shit shithole. And then he got wrecked. He was running second at the end of that race too. He's just really good at it. It bothers people. I mean, there's multiple things they, they're bothered by and they want to come up with excuses. You just hate the guy because he's black um, and he's outspoken. You'd rather have William Byron except instead of Bubble Walls. Okay, fine. All right, we'll get into all that. I, I'm, I, I'm going off on tangents. This, this earlier Same. in the week thing, yeah, yeah. Is, See, we is got Bill on his, on his, off his thing. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going off on tangents because I'm like, uh, I'm going back to the old days when I was on talking in circles uh, with Clayton and uh, Spencer and them. But uh, we'll get into all that. Josh will do a sim segment if we have a little bit of time. Uh, we might talk a little NFL draft because. Um, Jacksonville's got the number one pick. And then um, we'll close this deal. So Kyle Bush. Yeah, he won. Yippee. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Chase Briscoe led the most laps on uh, on Sunday at, uh, wow, who who knew freaking jockey underwear? God damn. Uh, this is going to sponsor Trackhouse Racing. Look at that. That is that is great. Um, that's, thank you, J-Ski, for that. That's what I see. The first thing I see is, oh, Jockey Underwear is going to be sponsoring Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez. So you know you know that um, Daniel Suarez's girlfriend will be really happy about that. She spends half her time in her underwear anyway. Uh, her and Max Verstappen and her sister, who's Max Verstappen's uh, girlfriend too. So they're real champions of the world. Um, the Food City Dirt Race, the race results will have Kyle Busch getting, as uh, Josh mentioned, his 60th cup win, which is an insane number to think about. 60 freaking cup wins. I mean, now he's chasing, it's basically Dale Earnhardt. Uh, 16 wins away from Dale Earnhardt. And then um, after that, he'd have to, it's 83 and 84 with Kale, Bobby, and Durwood. And then uh, uh, 83 also is Jimmy, actually. Yeah, I think Jimmy is also at 83. And then Jeffy at 93. So those are his goals right there. Um, He's slowed down a lot. Ever since back during that second championship a few years ago, it's been a lot more difficult for Kyle to win races. Um, which has been good for most of us fans. Um, it's also gotten more difficult for him to win in a truck. So that's actually cool too. Um, make the bastard earn it. Uh, but then uh, his kid's winning. So there you go. He's raising He's raising in the next generation who's going to go and destroy. I'm surprised that Kurt and his wife haven't made one too. So um, it seems like they pork a lot. Uh Kyle Busch, Tyler Reddick, Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, your top five. Larson won the first stage after Chase Briscoe cut a tire running up, running off in the loose stuff, hit the wall, and uh, he took it over and basically was able to get that stage. Bowman, Bell, Elliott, McDowell, Ty Dillon, the top ten. Um, Brad Keselowski actually got a decent car for once, and uh, was up there, finished 11th. Daniel Suarez led for 64 laps, had a chance to win. I think if they would have called a race earlier, he might have won. Chase Briscoe, if they had called a race, might have won. Reddick was actually leading the race. They could have called it. He might have won before uh, Tyler Reddick and, and Chase Briscoe ended up 
having their situation. Uh, Reddick was kind of thinking he was at fault. I knew that Chase was going to go and airmail it in there because he wasn't going to be able to win running high. Uh, card and hold, he basically cleaned out Tyler Reddick, but Tyler Reddick, to his credit, uh, the wheel man that he is, was able to spin her around, get her get a gear, and almost win that damn thing. But Kyle Busch wins, uh, Josh, and um, I mean, it is what it is. Kyle Busch gets another win, 18 years in a row. He's won a Cup Series race, tying with Mr. The King. Um, guy's pretty damn good. His fan base sucks. He's kind of a tool. Um, he fits the team that he works for. But the guy wins races. I mean, albeit not as much as he used to, but uh, he wins races. And he wins a lot of races at Bristol. Nine, ninth win at Bristol. And two of them have been two of the funniest ones because he hated winning those races. I mean, definitely, you know, would not have expected Kyle Busch to win like that. Um, you would have expected him to dominate the race and, you know, pull one out like he usually does. But this one, um, you know, he backed into it basically because this was Tyler Reddick's race to win for sure. And then Chase Briscoe, you know, he had one move to make and tried to do the slide job and uh, lost it and then hooked him in the right or from the right rear. Uh, so, you know, it, it was a interesting uh, way to end the race there. And for sure, you know, you, you would have thought that uh, Tyler Reddick could have won, but he didn't. And unfortunately, you're going to have to wait at least another week uh, for uh, Tyler uh, to, you know, try to go and win a race. But uh, it's, you know, it's an interesting uh, way to end a race. And uh, Chase Briscoe, he tried to try to take it away from him there. So um, Kyle Busch, you know, he talks about, backing into wins or criticizing other drivers like Alex Bowman for uh, trying to back into wins. But this one he backed into for sure. I mean, he was up there, but just got happened to be fortunate that uh, Chase Briscoe and Tyler Reddick spun out. Um, so you talked about it like 76 and uh, Daytona. I mean, it's kind of like that too. Um, but then, I mean, you know, you look at some of the races that have ended like kind of like that over the years. I mean, um, look at, Fontana 2016, I think, with Kyle Busch in the Xfinity Series. He blew a tire, right, and then dragged it all the way back and still finished second. Um, so it's almost it's almost kind of like that. You know, you win win some like that, and then you uh, lose some like that. So um, it has to happen like that. So Iowa 2011, Stenhouse, when Stenhouse got, blew an engine, and Roy Rage went and slammed him right in the ass. And he crossed the line with the Ricky versus Trevor car. Yeah, that was a good one too. That was a little. That was crazy. Um, Marty Reed, I think, had an aneurysm trying to call that. Oh yeah, I definitely remember that race for sure. And it was a you know interesting way that ended. I mean, that's probably one of the most rare type of finishes that you can get in a race. But um, yeah, the, I mean, this race, uh, dirt Bristol. Um, people talk about the usefulness of it and everything. And um, I mean it. It has, a, I guess, it's a niche. It's a niche race for sure, um, and it's probably like it, it should have been a one-time only thing, and they brought it back. And I guess it's you know it's okay that they brought it back because we got a good finish out of it. It was a good race, um, and we actually got to see them race uh, on time this time, even though we had two delays. So you know it was it wasn't that like, it wasn't not bad, but I don't know how sustainable it is as a race to have in the future because. It costs a lot of money to fill up Bristol with dirt like that, and then they have to take out the dirt, right? And then 
um, you know, they go back to the pavement version. And in, in my opinion, and I think a lot of other people have this opinion too, it's like, well, why, why have this, uh, or why do this when you already have a, a paved track that you can use? And then why don't, why not actually go to a dirt track that already exists like Eldora or some other place that are, already has dirt? You know, the, uh, remember the idea of being floated of, uh, North Wilkesboro, um, you know, being turned into a dirt track, which they announced that North Wilkesboro will be back, which is good news. You know, uh, some of the people that we know have been working very hard to try to get, talk about North Wilkesboro and get it back, and it's back now. So, of course, you know, it's a good thing when you see um, things like that. But, um, yeah, fill up North, North Wilkesboro with dirt and then, you know, go back to uh, Bristol being a, a paved racetrack where you have two races uh, like we did before last year um, that – um, were on the paved surface. So, uh, I don't, th I didn't think the racing was like terrible or, or anything, but you know, you could see kind of the issues that come about, you know, we, we talked about the issues with the track pep, right. Um, having to, you know, they, they had to constantly, uh, pack the dirt in, um, during the red flags, uh, which I guess is bound to happen, right. It, um, yeah. gets loose and yeah. everything. So, uh, you have to, but pack the issues in. with the initial prep, which screwed, Cole Custer, the pole sitter, and Kevin Harvick were unnecessary. And, um, I mean, I'll let you go too, Josh, but it's, it's like they went multiple laps down, then they decided to red flag the race. It's like, for fuck's sake, you had hours to prep this track. I, I, I'll, I'll get into it on my end, but, yeah, that's one thing that really irritated me amongst a few things that irritated me about this race. Um, but, you know... Yeah, I mean, you mentioned some points. I'm going to hit them on my side here in just a moment. Keep going there. No, I mean, yeah, it's 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 just comes down to having a, a track that um, isn't normally a dirt track, and you know, you have to hire in people to um, turn it into a dirt track and go go through all this work, and you don't get it right. Right? You mentioned the issues with the track pack before, kind of screwing over the pole sitter, Cole Custer, right? And then you have the continuous issues uh, uh, throughout the race, um, you know, especially when they stopped the race and went under red flag for the rain. And, you know, they had to continue to pack in the dirt for, uh, you know, the cars and everything. And, um, you know, the issues with the track containing moisture versus when it was dry, right? Uh, there's issues with that and, um, seemed like they raced better when the track was a little, a uh, little bit drier. It seemed like, and they didn't, I guess, um, maintain, I guess, traction speed when, it, uh, you know, it was a little bit more moist and in everything. So that's, uh, I guess thing you have to think about is, uh, how long can they do this for? And I mean, I just don't see, um, if they, you know, were to do it another year, I, you know, don't think it's sustainable, uh, to do that. So, I mean, just go to a real dirt track where they already have the team in place to do all this stuff. They know what they're doing and they know, uh, how to keep the track, uh, ready for racing and how to keep it, you know, raceable, I guess. And if that makes any sense. So yeah, just go back to pave Bristol and go to a real dirt track if we're trying to dirt race. And then, I mean, there's also the other issue of getting the cars prepped for dirt racing and the controversy over the windshields and, um, you know, all that stuff, uh, and removing, you know, having to modify the car, um, uh, don't know how sustainable that is either. If you have to modify it specifically for one race, I mean, Cup uh, should be probably the elite of the elite. Um, I feel like you know, Arca races on dirt, right? They have like one or two dirt races at the 
Illinois fairgrounds and I think one other place. So uh, yeah, the Illinois State know. Fair, and then uh, uh, I think. Uh, they it, it's it's usually uh, I'll go look it up. Is it Knoxville? Not Knoxville, and at least I'll I'll look it up. Just give me a second. Yeah, yeah, but so ARCA races there, and I mean we've seen truck, so I feel fine with the the lower levels of racing and stock car racing being able to uh, go on dirt race, but not sure about Cup. It just um. Feel like there's just a, a lot of moving variables, I guess, and things that um, you have to consider. And I'm not just not sure if uh, Cup should do it all the time or not. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, it's a Springfield Mile, Springfield, Illinois, uh, most notable for Enducoin, which is a mile flat dirt track. Both of those known for the stock car racing, but also for um, the twins. The I'm trying to think the what they call it now. Um, I think it's a progressive twin series or whatever in the AMA uh, with the Harleys and the other. Uh, I'm just going um, blanking out now conveniently. Um, I'm going to go on that. Let's go AMA, AMA wins. Okay. American Motorcycle. Motorcyclist Association. Yeah, never ride alone. That's convenient. Look at that. Riding. I, uh, that's not what I want. I just want to racing. Com racing. Alrighty. The Supercross Motor America. And then Enduro Flat Track. There you go. That's what I wanted. Flat Track Racing. Uh, Nikki Aiden. Yeah, that's cool. And then um, Flat Track. Okay. Competition rule. Look at That's a good website. You know, unlike NASCAR or some of these other series, they actually put their rule book out there for everybody to see. Um, well, clicked on that, but, um, yeah, they have the flat track series, which, um, is out there and they race at, uh, those tracks and there's, um, you know, great side-by-side drafting the whole bit when it comes to, and bringing this back, when it comes to running stock cars on dirt, there's a reason why they stopped doing it once they went to the quote modern era of NASCAR in 1972 it was one to condense the schedule but two the cars weren't equipped to put on a show on a dirt track um to be completely honest there's a reason why world of outlaws exists you know dirt late model series amongst multiple areas world of outlaws and the uh, all-stars circuit of champions you have midgets sprints silver crowns you have TQs and outlaw carts and all the, you have all these different vehicles that are meant for dirt. It's similar that there's certain types of cars that are meant for road racing. When it comes to NASCAR Cup Series racing with this new car, it's it did okay, but between the horrendous track prep, the fact that it's Bristol instead of Eldora, where some a certain car owner who happens to be one of the greatest drivers ever and also knows about dirt racing and built a pit road for NASCAR and built a entire um, press box for NASCAR, they can prep the track, but you give them a bad tire and you give them a bad product because you're talking about a truck that has 430 horsepower. Of course, the thing's going to be dog shit. Give them horsepower. Give them full horsepower. Who cares? Let them max out the damn engine. Who cares? Go and, go and have them run all the way. They can run a 1,000 horsepower. Tell them that they have a 1,000 horsepower with those shitty Goodyear tires 
they'll actually lay rubber down. And then all of a sudden, you'll actually have something there. Or you can actually go to a dirt track like Eldora. I mean, they, they're doing the Knoxville gimmick, which with trucks is, is a terrible idea. You need to be at a track that's more condensed and has banking with a truck to make it happen. I would think I-55 at Peevely, which is uh, the Buckeye Bullet Dave Blaney's track, or no, is that? No, no, I-55. No, that's Ken Trader's track. That's the track they should be racing at. If they want to run a truck at a, on a dirt race, that's where they should be racing. They should be running at Peevely, Missouri, and they should run it as a combination. They run Peevely, Missouri, and they run St. Louis, the the track, a gateway, whatever the hell they call it now, Worldwide Technology Raceway. They, sh- they could combine it the way ARCA goes and combines their races like in condense in a short time frame. Go and say, hey, we're going to go and take care of these two races in like a few days. We could do a midweek race on dirt. We'll do gateway on the Saturday, something like that. That would be, you would solve multiple problems this way, but it makes too much sense. The track prep sucks. They don't ask the right people to do it. You'd be better off. Clint Boyer sucks at announcing. Have that jackass go down there and prep the racetrack. They'd be better off having him down there. The track was poorly prepped. They had three rain delays to actually go and make a high. The point is, even you look at the track, they only had one and a half grooves in regards to the car. One and a half cars for for grooves. You could have worked that high line in. It's like Bristol, whoever's at Bristol, the idiots, the Smith family, whatever. They're uh, they are they're the idiots that went and put progressive banking in, but they do not want the high line to be there. Because they're just afraid that everyone's going to be on the high line. Well, no shit, Sherlock. At the end of the day, you made that the highest banking up there. Of course they're going to run it. And everybody runs the high line. Tyler Reddick runs a high line. Oh, Richard runs a high line until last night. But he spun out about five times anyway. I mean. Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson's a fucking high line guy. He's Mr. Dirt. He's the greatest thing that's ever come. If you ask a maggot. I mean. But he can't fucking win dirt in a cup car. So, I mean, to be fair, he shouldn't have won that fucking stage uh, yesterday. That was, Chase was pushing too hard, just like he did trying to win the race. People want to be mad at that? Go suck a dick. I don't really care. They At least the guy tries. At least the guy has, and, and he's he owns his shit. He's not Ty Gibbs. He's not Noah Gagson. He's not one of these tools that drives for Hendrick or Gibbs. He goes, the point is you'll say, and I, I can say right now, the guy has three standout, they'll say in cup, he has three standout appearances. Two of them have him getting into somebody late in a race um, to in regards to a victory. But the point is he's been up there. There are other people that have been in the cup series for years, and I haven't even, Michael McDowell has one of those. He ran over two Penske cars, and he won the fucking Daytona 500. The guy's been in the cup series for a decade plus. Chase Briscoe at least has something to show for it. Oh, oh, and 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 let's add a couple other things. Tony Stewart believes in him. Greg Zipidelli be- believes in him. And the Mahindra family does. And the High Point family, the people that run High Point do. This is a guy that was sleeping on couches. Guy had no money. And he came from, from nothing. His dad was a sprint car racer. Grandfather, whatever. He's... He's something. Tyler Reddick is something. He didn't, I mean, I don't think Tyler Reddick was exactly the most well-off either. Uh, The fortune to be able to get into Brad Keselowski's truck 
set his career path off good. The fact he hooked um, Austin Terrio into the wall and Austin Terrio's career basically went down the drain, unfortunately, while Tyler Reddick was able to keep going up and he got two Xfinity championships. Unfortunate byproduct of it, but he's a good dude and he's humble. There's something to be said about that. When you consider the uselessness of the track and you you got two guys that are humble, they 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 care about their fans, they care about their family men, you know, they have their first kids, probably going to make more, you know, they're what this sport should be built around. They should be building around those two guys. Instead, NASCAR markets, Ty Gibbs, Gagson, freaking William Byron, who who has the personality of of this thing, which is on our YouTube page. You can go like, I'll, I'll just pick any inanimate object that? here. That's this is a back massage, neck massager thing. And then this is like a fidget thing, whatever. Fucking William Byron. Literally, I could take a shit and it has more personality than William Byron. But that asshole has two wins this year. And and to be fair, the one of his uh, daddies, um, what the hell's that asshole that runs that university? Falwell would probably be turned on by it. The fact is, that's what they market to. Market to people that actually have a story. That's what the sport was about. If you're going to run on Easter, at least tell good stories. Go and tell stories about, you know, Ross Chastain is like, I'm blowing up. But you know what? I remember a day when a certain guy went and blew his car up right after crossing the finish line. And old Durwood, that's when his senility kicked in. He's like, oh, might have been involved in that. Yeah, yeah, you're, you you clutched it. You put your hand out and then clutched it and blew the illegal engine. Yeah, that was on purpose. The illegal motor blew it up. Yeah. Junior I told mean, him to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Old Junior told me to because the fucking, his whole entire life, his whole entire career, Hammond, it was a Tim Tim Brewer, then it was Junior Johnson and and Hammond. Those three men, Junior Johnson, of course, in the Hall of Fame. Brewer just got put on the list. Hammond isn't on it, which is crazy. Stelmerdine, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Ugh, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. But um, yeah, so I mean, go to an actual dirt track run by somebody that actually has a clue that'll prep it right. SRX proved that you can run dirt with a stock car that doesn't exactly have the most horsepower. It is a crate, basically akin to having a crate late model, uh, horsepower-wise, probably in the 700 horsepower range, uh, probably 650, 700, somewhere around there. And they put on good racing. wasn't great. I mean, you only have 12 cars, but one bad. I mean, you look at that dopey fruitcake Michael Waltrip almost won at, at, at uh, Knoxville which Tony was going to kill himself <laughs> if that had happened. But um, uh, thankfully, that didn't happen. So, um, And then, he, of course, he won at his own house, which you have to do that um, when you're that good and it's your own track. Um, it'd be nice to see that if NASCAR wasn't basically two owners um, in regards to the majority of these tracks. Uh, people, I, like, whatever, we talked about Briscoe, led second most, or third most laps, won uh, a stage. Reddick ended up leading the most laps. Um, basically, yeah, Reddick led led from the start of the stage three on till the turn four, and then Kyle Busch gets credit for leading the last lap, but really it was from the end of turn, from basically whatever, however long 
the exit of turn four is, or not even the exit of turn four, a port like a quarter of a straightaway. Um, and as you said, Josh, for a guy uh, that whines about guys like Alex Bowman backdooring victories, um, that's a backdoor special. Um, I'm sure that Samantha is not into that. Um, but, you know, hey, Kyle Busch gets a win uh, in the crunchy cookie Toyota. And um, I'm trying to see, yeah, Suarez has done great on dirt. Um, he's he's due for a win here soon. I think that's coming. Uh, Justin Haley said he was blowing up, but somehow or another got a 14th out of it. Todd Gilland had a really good car all weekend. First time this year that Todd Gillen's kind of had something going for him. And, uh, you know, it's been a struggle this whole season for him in this rookie battle. I mean, it's very one-sided uh, with Austin Sindrick. After winning the Daytona 500, it basically became you have to win multiple races. And neither um, Todd Gilland or um, Harrison Burton have really done much that would make you feel like that'll happen. Though it might happen at Talladega. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah, Briscoe, 22nd. His finish is not indicative. Lest anyone think that he was running 22nd, um, his finish wasn't indicative of the run he had, um, which we're about to get into in regards to the trucks. There was not a whole lot of passing for the lead. You got in the lead, uh, you're you're going to lead, you're, you had no problem. Uh, but just like the guy who won in the truck series race, you went to the mid-pack or back, and when you have a fast vehicle, you can get back up there. Um, Chase was shifting. He's been one of the initial people that was trying to go and shift to get more momentum, and um, other people are picking that up. It's kind of like how Tony was clutching the car back a few years ago to go and save fuel and that became a thing too that kind of makes sense um i mean other people that had runs that they didn't get paid off for and i think eric jones had a good run going he got wrecked yeah i mean chris busher wasn't bad uh trying to go through here yeah josh williams in his cup series debut gets a top 25 and had a couple of milkshakes uh afterwards so good for him Cody Ware uh, was raging at Clyde, um, ran into him after on the caution. I figured they were going to park him because, like, how dare you, Cody Ware, run into William Clyde Elliott II after he went and used up Cody Ware. But um, I actually became a Cody Ware fan. I, I, I don't know how that's possible. I have goofed on him and his father for years, but there's something going on. Whether it's because Rick Ware actually runs a proper indie car, Cody Ware going and running into Clyde, Ryan Eversley driving for him. There's like this is. I mean, we're in. I mean, we were in in uh, in in reverse world or whatever. We were in uh, opposite land for four years uh, here a few years ago, but. I guess we're in a world where I'm mellowed out. I mean, I'm not mellowed out in certain things, obviously, with this show. I mean, but right now. <laughs> I'm mellowed out enough to, I think, that I'll actually root for Cody Ware because he was he's one of the only people I was willing to go and do what a lot of people have to do, which is go and run into that little bitch um, and, and show him something. What, what we need Cody Ware to do is go and run an Xfinity car and send the 54 into the wall um, that and the 9. That would be the great. That would be great. 
Um, they'll say, oh, you want uh, somebody to intentionally wreck people. You, you're a horrible person. They're both assholes. They need to get humbled. If wrecking them isn't going to humble them, then go and beat his ass. Cody Ware is one of the only people I would. And the point is he's got like a foot on both of them. I mean, Ty Gibbs is like four foot 11. He's like Eric the Midget. And then you have Noah Gagson, who's like, he looks like he's so high on coke, he probably pass out after like a couple of shots you just have to give him a couple body blows he'd be done you know he's like butterbean now at this point he he looks so bloated uh he's like a bloated hack um whether he's high or he's drunk there's something going on with that um yeah well, richard he spun out gagson of course wrecked which i love colleague is gonna waste money having him wreck race cars he's two for two this year um in wrecking race cars uh, so that's pretty bad. Um, Ross Chastain blew up. Dylan and Kurt Busch got wrecked in a in that Gagson deal. Harvick had uh, gotten that wreck, I think, as well. Denny Hamlin had a blown engine. As I mentioned, he has had quite a season. Um, the win that he got at uh, Richmond is his, his saving grace because he's right now 60 one points behind the cutoff if there if it was strictly cut off he'd be screwed but um he's in so uh byron leads the points with uh not the overall points but he's uh with the playoff standings he's a leader with his two wins uh the overall points leader right now is ryan blaney and he's got 26 points on william byron uh Chase Elliott, Joey Logano are second and third in overall points. Byron's actually fourth in points. Then Bowman, Kyle Busch, um, the hack and the guy, the guy who called him hack and the guy and the hack himself um, are up there. Chastain, Larson, Briscoe are all condensed really close together along with Martin Truex and Tyler Reddick. Um, Eric Almirola, the Kevin Harvick, then Austin Sindrick. And Christopher Bell and Danny Hamlin, that would be the um, top 16 in points. So that's that. Let's get into the truck series event at Bristol. The Pinties truck race. Uh, Pinties, of course, announced that they're going to be back to um, sponsor the uh, Canadian, the what was Cascar. They'll continue sponsoring the Cascar series for a few more years, but they'll also sponsor some of these races. Rhodes won both stages and had to pit, came back to um, win the race. There's only two people that led. It was Ben Rhodes and Carson Hosevar. Um, Rhodes, Hosevar, John Hunter, Kligerman, who um, I forget who said um, Kligerman. Uh, I, I read it somewhere. I think it was um, on Twitter. I'm, I have to go and look. Just give me a second here. In regards to... One of the reporters um, who went and said that, who reported because he follows, I think it's um, one Joey Barnes. Um, who's, uh, wow, that's something. Um, give me a second here, but, you know, I'll, I'll let you go and take it here, Josh. In regards to Ben Rhodes, I mean, that's one of the best performances he's ever had. I mean, he's been in a truck series for like 100 years, um, truck series champion. Uh, by back during that win last year at Phoenix, but that was legitimate. One of that was probably the best performance uh, Ben Rhodes has ever had. I think in a big three series, 
event and to be able to basically get around clean get around Carson Hosevar clean after having to come back it's a big deal and I think a big momentum builder for him in regards to trying to go and get a um, re- repeat a championship here um, in the truck series yeah I think you know you mentioned that being his best performance for his career and I would argue that uh, I think maybe that's his best performance since uh, probably his best performance in his career but also his best performance like overall since the road course race in Daytona last year remember he started off the year winning in two, year, two races in a row yeah, yeah. two in a row and uh, he, I mean the Daytona road course race he was pretty good at so I would argue yeah that he's um, been pretty good uh, at that track and now this has been his best performance um, obviously leading a lot of laps and then going winning two stages right and then coming back from communication issues uh on with you know his pit crew and uh going out and passing Carson Hosevar with you know less than uh four laps to go um that's that's how you do it when you can come back and you said like you said he passed him cleanly unlike Chase Briscoe and Tyler Reddick he actually made him uh you know got around him cleanly uh and won the race. So uh, Ben Rhodes, um, yeah, could be mounting a, a charge here uh, for you know the Truck Series uh, points lead, you know, for the uh, title defense. So um, yeah, now we have a, a previous champion in the series now winning race and potentially could be uh, in contention for uh, the lead, you know, for the um, points later on this year. So if he can do that, uh, you know, one race he's obviously qualified for the playoffs. So um, we've seen how, what he can do in the in the past, so uh, you know I think it could be a, a part of a run possibly to get up to the points lead. Uh, I feel like you know, he's a fairly consistent driver for the most part, so get up to the points lead and take the uh, points uh, regular season points title, and then uh, use that as momentum to you know potentially win the championship because you're basically you know if you if you can win the points title in the regular season, you, know, you can basically roll over the bonus points that you get through each round and protect um you know your points lead as you as you go throughout each round and and get yourself to phoenix as long as you have nothing uh you know no issues happen so um this could be the start of run for uh ben rhodes but uh carson hosevar obviously um that's the other big heartbreak from the weekend uh but you know he's been improving uh, ever so slightly in, in this series and you know it's not going to be uh, too long before he finally gets into victory lane. Um, so just wasn't meant to be for him in this, uh, in this race, but, um, he's shown the talent, um, to be able to compete in this series. So, um, won't be too far away for him, uh, to get a win. Um, and you know, I thought maybe he would be a contender in this race, I think in the preview for this race. So, um, definitely think, um, you know, in the future, we both talked about him. Yeah, I think that is correct. So, uh, definitely think in the future, uh, you know, he, has a he's got a um, the right mindset I think to to win these races so it's not not too far away and he's done pretty solid job so far so it's not really a matter of if uh, he's gonna win but when's gonna win so um, you know unfortunately didn't come with this one but you know that's how it goes but uh, yeah Ben Rhodes dominated and uh, the race but uh, still had to um, you know find a way to win so uh, credit to him for going out and winning this uh, Bristol Truck Race yeah the Daniel McFadden. Uh, posted a tweet about I think I think either Chandler Smith or John Hunter Nemechek made a comment about uh, they should uh, that Parker Kligerman should go and uh, get 
bleeped with a cactus or sit on a cactus or something because of how he was racing. It was, it's funny. You should go and look at Daniel McFadden's page. He's one of the great writers, uh, one of the best writers on the NASCAR beat. There are people who I've gotten very used to and gotten very comfortable to the, on their beat, even though they're not that good. Uh, but he's one of the best. You know, Joey Barnes is another one. Um, when it comes to journalism, uh, you can trust me because I don't mess with the ones that suck. Um, I did it, and um, it's hard. It's a grind. People I F with are, are the best of the best. They're not people that are ball lickers or cocksuckers, um, for sure. So um, Daniel McFadden's one of the best. Uh, he he posts all the tweets. He listens to the radio chatter and stuff, so it's it's good following him. It's a good follow during any race, um, along with our buddy Joe Passero, who uh, posts live, live tweets races too. So um, multiple-time guest on our show, Joe Passero. We're probably going to have him on here. Uh, probably in a few weeks time, I would think during uh 600 week or all-star week, I think it'd probably be a good time to have him on. We'll, uh, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, in regards to how good Ben Rhodes has been, Josh brought it up. Ben Rhodes has five top fives and six races. Uh, he has a 38 point lead. He got his first win of the year. So now he's, he's locked into the playoffs second in in playoff points and he has a chance of getting the bonus points like josh said that win that performance likely the best performance of ben rhodes's career could be the start like you're talked about of a of a championship double i mean to be fair his teammate is matt crafton the guy won three championships and two i think he won back-to-back championships and he's he's a three-time series champion so it's not like Thor Sport can't do it. Um, you know, Ben Rhodes, I don't know what his angle is to go and move up. Maybe Ben Rhodes doesn't care. Maybe he'll be just like Matt Crafton uh, and stay down there. Uh, and if he does, and he's got a lot of years, unlike Matt Crafton, he's got a lot of years. Um, he could actually flirt with that, flirt with some records. He could flirt with the winning four championships. He could flirt with the Kyle Busch record of wins um, or the real record, which is Ron Hornaday Jr., uh, which was 51, I believe, and go and get that, which would be interesting. That'd be cool, but great job by him. It's He's matured a lot uh, here, and the one race he didn't, he fell out of a race, but in the end, he's got five top fives out of six races. Chandler Smith has one win. Three top fives and four top tens. Zane Smith has five top tens and six races with two wins. So those, at the end of the day, those are the three drivers you have to look at. John Hunter, Stewball, um, and then you're basically the three other three uh, door sport trucks along with Tanner Gray and Carson Hosevar uh, are your top ten in points. The only person that isn't in there that might have a chance, Grant Enfinger. You have other people that are um, running full-time that are not very consistent, like Krause and Ankrum, uh, Burrito. Timmy Hill's run every race this year, and he's actually, I mean, he's not in great position right now, but he's within reason. Uh, 
So, I mean, that you got to give him credit on that. Um, Austin Wayne South, who actually had a decent run going for as stupid as he is and useless as he is. Then you got our guy, Tate Fogelman, who's had a brutal year uh, running that 30 truck. I thought it would be better for him. He left the Young's Motorsports. I think the 30 truck is a yeah, I guess you can say the 30 truck's a lateral move, but he's had a brutal year. Um, my favorite name in the history of motorsports, I think, uh, Lawless Allen. Um, uh, Lawless Allen is uh, 21st in points. So at least he's ahead of Haley Deegan. Um, but at least Haley Deegan uh, qualified for the race. And um, uh, her uh, her homegirl, uh, Stewball's wife, missed the race. So that was good for the world. Along with Uncle Norm, missed the race because his truck is dog shit. Uh, okay, that's done. We don't have to talk about dirt for a little bit. Not because I don't like dirt racing. I just don't like NASCAR's cars. Dirt, NASCAR's top three series running on dirt. Um, you can run all the ARCA races you want on there. ARCA East, ARCA West, ARCA Series. That's fine. Um, let's let's focus on pavement, you know, in regards to these race cars. Or find a tire manufacturer that can make a good dirt tire. That, that might, or a tire that's actually good. Which is something Goodyear is not known for, or hasn't been known for since like the mid '90s. Um, we will switch over to the uh, GSP roundup here. I'm gonna go and do a little points uh, situation going on with MotoGP right now. The points have Inea Bassaini leading with 61 points by five over Alex Rins. So uh, Ducati, um, uh, Ducati, uh, what's it called? Um, satellite Ducati rider against the Suzuki factory. Ali Chespargaro, who won in uh, in Argentina, is third, 50 points. So 11 back. Um, 15 points back is former world champion Joanne Mir, the other Suzuki rider. And then defending world champion uh, Fabio Quattararo is fifth. He is at 44 points, so 17 back. Bike is not great. He's had one second-place finish, but otherwise he's in the back end of the top 10. The winner so far, Bassaini's won two races, and then Espargaro has won one, and and Miguel Oliveira won one. So you have, uh, you have the KTM has won once, Aprilia has won once, and Ducati's won twice. Yamaha is uh, struggling. Suzuki's up there. That Their riders are second and fourth. The reality is it's going to be interesting. And there's a lot of guys that are free agents um, that need contracts. So a lot of bikes that might be open for um, discussion. The Going and get through all of that. Um, people that have... Yeah, Raul Fernandez, Fabio DG, Antonio, Stefan Brattle, no points. Um, Peko Bagnaia, who was a championship uh, favorite, is only 12th. He has two fifth-place finishes and a 15th and a DNF in four races. So a uh, tough situation early. Uh, Jack Miller, his teammate, has 
a third, fourth, and a 14th along with a DNF. So um, that's not good for the Ducati factory riders. Uh, Franco Morbidelli is 15th in points. The Hondas are all struggling. Polis Bargro is the best Honda rider in 11th. Only two points out of his teammate, Mark Marquez, who's missed races with injury. Um, so that's something we'll go and look at here this weekend at Portugal. Uh, the, the season's going to start picking up a little bit um, as we go on. Suzuki leads the constructors by 32 points over KTM and 33 on Aprilia. In regards to the Moto2 series, we got to look at the American riders. Uh, the standings right now, uh, just for full disclosure, Celestino Vietti is the points leader after two wins and a second. Ayagura second, Tony Arbolino third, so two Italians in the top three. Chantra, who won uh, the second race of the year and finished second in the third, but otherwise is DNF'd. Joe Roberts is ninth in points. He is 15th. Uh, Sean Dillon Kelly has not scored points so far in uh, in 2022, but hopefully that'll turn around. We have plenty of time in regards to this world championship. But, uh, I mean, Cameron Bobier got one top. He has one top 10 so far this year. Joe Roberts has two top 10s, um, four point scoring finishes so far in the year, so that's good. Um, Bobier's got three out of four, so we'll see what happens with them at the Algarve in Portugal. Formula 2 and Formula 3 will be at uh, at uh, Imola, so we'll get into Formula 2 first. And are your replaces for me? I don't know what the hell. That is about the standings going into this weekend's race. Uh, Felipe Drogovic is the points leader, 43, nine points ahead of Liam Larson. A lot Liam Larson. Liam Lawson. Richard V. Shore is 10 points back in third. Yuri Vips in fourth. Teo Pocher in f- in fifth, who had no points scored in uh, Jeddah. So it was his win um, in the feature race at uh, Bahrain. That's his whole point score. Logan Sargent uh, didn't score... At Jeddah, he had a brutal weekend there. He's 11th in points. Jahan Deruvla is 6th. Well, those are people I'm rooting for, at least. Um, Enzo Fittipaldi right now doesn't have a point. But those are the people in regards to uh, Formula 2. Formula 3, there's way more uh, American riders, or riders, drivers, out of Vienna. Yeah. Uh, Juan Manuel Correa is got an injury, which is unfortunate considering he scored um, points. He's fifth in points right now. He's 11 points behind Victor Martins, who is a points leader. Artur Leclerc is second. Oliver Bierman, third. Gregoire Saucy is fourth. So Juan Manuel Correa um, in his bid to try to get out of Formula 3 after all the the nightmares, uh, horror injuries he suffered. Uh, might not be able to race this weekend. Jack Crawford, American, is 10th. Kalen Fedrick is 14th. Kushmini, um, the Indian, is um, 22nd with no points. Hunter Yaney, 
American, no points. Ayrton Simmons, I think, is British. Um, there's multiple Americans on this grid, yeah. There's one, two, three. I think there's four Americans on the grid. Um, not sure. I don't think it's Ayrton Simmons. I know it's Brad Benavides or one of the other ones there. But we'll see what happens this weekend, the second race weekend of the year for Formula 3. Victor Martins and Artur Leclerc, of course, have a lot of momentum behind them uh, in regards to their their uh, futures and what they're going to be doing. Um, yeah, let's see. Trying to go and bring this up over Rasmussen, trying, yeah, Roman Stanek, Zach Maloney, or Zane Maloney, uh, Bar- oh, Barbados, look at that. And Jack Rawford, Oliver Bierman is British, yeah. Uh, Juan Manuel Correa, uh, Kashmini, uh, Ayrton Simmons, I think is British, yeah. I knew that name is British. Easy. Yeah, Kalen Frederick, I knew it was American. Then, um, yeah, Hunter Yaney's an American. There you go. That's the one I was missing. Uh, the World Superbikes at Assen coming up uh, this weekend. One of the great motorcycle racetracks in the world. Um, world Superbikes have run. They run results. They only have uh, Aragon so far this year. So Alvaro Bartista is the points leader by three over Johnny Ray. Toprak, the defending world champion, is third um, because I can't pronounce his last name and I'm not going to try to because I don't get paid like the likes of Al Michaels or Mike Joy or the like. Michael Ruben Rinaldi is fourth. Iker Lacawona, former MotoGP rider, is fifth. Garrett Gerloff is tenth in the standings right now. It's only the... For, they only had one round of the championship. They'll go to Assen, and then there will be a month's break until they go to Estoril in, um, in Portugal, one of my favorite racetracks in all the world, and Emilio-Romagna around then a few weeks after that, which I think is um, at uh, Misano, yeah. Marco Simoncelli, Misano. I'm like, that looks like Misano, and I was right. Prosecco. Wow, Prosecco sponsoring around. Look at that. Um, yeah, their schedule is horrendous. Like, who the hell decided to make this schedule? This the schedule for the Moto for World Superbikes is not good. Um, it seems like the Truck Series schedule. But um, that, those are points there in regards to Rally Croatia. They've had a few races uh, for a few rallies so far this year. Um, Ogier retired, so that helps. Um, Sebastian Loeb won uh, Rally Monte Carlo, and he's a part-timer. So Cali Rovampera, uh, the son of Harry Rovampera, is the uh, points leader. Thierry Neuville, second. Gus Greensmith for Ford is fourth. Um, Sebastian Ogier, as I mentioned, part-timer is fifth. So Takamoto Katsuda um essentially is fourth in points and craig breen is fifth in points um so far in the world championship going to this round here in croatia so cali rovampera trying to get two wins in a row and solidify his spot um as the guy to beat in world rally championship this year 
trying to get through Moto America here, motorbikes. It's a Moto America home. A great three-time world champion, Wayne Rainey. I'm going to go and get into season entry list. Yeah, 32 riders. Oh. Medallia Superbikes. Jake Gagne, the defending world or defending uh, Superbike champion, uh, Moto America Superbike champion on the Yamaha. Danilo Petrucci got the double at Coda on the Warhorse HSBK Racing Ducati NYC. You got Travis Wyman, uh, Matthew Schultz. Uh, also, Cameron Bobier's brother is on a BMW 1000 um, in the stock category. Okay. Ashton Yates. Well, wow. Aaron Yates' son riding a BMW. Um, Corey Alexander, David Anthony. Cam Peterson's a teammate for Jake Gagne. Richie Escalante on a M4X star Suzuki, along with Danilo Lewis. So you have a Brazilian and Mexican and Brazilian on the M4X star Suzuki. So that's a bit of a change. PJ Jacobson on a Beamer. Uh, Hayden Gillum from Owensboro, Kentucky, like the Hayden kid, Hayden family. On a Suzuki, Stephen Shakespeare, that's a great name. Hector Barbara, the former MotoGP rider, he's on a BMW. Jake Lewis is on a Suzuki. Zachary Schumacher, guy from Wisconsin, though, so he's like, his long-lost cousin is Mick Schumacher. Um, oh, there's a guy from New Jersey, Brandon Pash, and he's on a, a Altus, oh, okay, Altus Suzuki, right, there you go. Oh, so I have kind of a reason to look at it a little better. Corey Alexander. He's from New York, Westchester. So you got a couple of local guys there. Uh, Danilo Petrucci led, uh, won both uh, races at um, at Coda. Matthew Schultz is 10 points behind him. In regards to Super Sport, they haven't run. Looks like the Junior Cup ran, or Twins Cup, then the King of the Baggers. Uh, Kyle Wyman's a defending champion. His wife is smoking hot. And um, Hannah Lopa, um, it's a battle between the Indians and Harley Davidsons. Those bikes look really, really cool. Um, Super Hooligans, Andy Debrino, Corey West, uh, the top two there. Tyler Harris leading. Tyler Harris and running in the King of the Baggers. He's leading in that, and he's third in Super Hooligans. So there is that. Let's get into the British Touring Cars at... Uh, Donington Park. They are the hybrid done preseason test. So the calendar, let's get into it. It's the first weekend, first race of the year. Donington Park, you know, the opener. Um, yeah, Brands Hat GP. Oh, so four days. Yeah, we have, what is it? Get, what the heck? Oh, it's qualifying from last year. Okay. So the um, the standings from last year, Ash Sutton was the BTCC champion over uh, multiple-time champion by, what is it, 51 points over Colin Turkington, Josh Cook, Tom Ingram, Jake Hill, uh, former champion Gordon Shedden, sixth. So in regards to the drivers this year, for the entry list, we have um, defending champion Ash Sutton running a Ford uh, in the manufacturers. We have Tom Chilton running a Hyundai um, in the manufacturers series. Rory Butcher in a Toyota. 
um, manufactured Dan Camish, teammate to Ash Sutton and Ford. Jason Plato is an is a independent running with rich energy. So there you go. It makes perfect sense that Jason Plato's messing with that guy. Um, Steven Jelly is uh, one of the BMW drivers. Um, then you have Aiden Moffat, Dexter Patterson, Bobby Thompson. They're all independents. Uh, Ricky Collard, so I'm assuming Tom Collard's brother or cousin or whatever. And the Toyota, Jake Hill, Nick Hamilton. So driving a Cupra Leon with Jack Goff. That's a great name. Um, their teammates, Adam Morgan in a or, you know, Daniel Robottom is driving the Halfords uh, Honda with, I'm assuming, oh no, Gordon J. Yeah. Halfords, yeah, so there's, yeah, he's teammates with Gordon Shedden, the multiple British Touring Car Champion, along with Colin Turkington, running a number 50 this year. Um, Ollie Jackson in a Ford, uh, George Gamble, whoever the hell he is. Um, Aaron Taylor-Smith, the only non-British driver, he's an Irish driver, who will be the third driver with the Cupra's. Uh, with Hamilton and Goff, Shedden, I mentioned, Rick Parfit, Josh Cook, I think former champion Honda driver, Sam Osborne, Tom Ingram in the Hyundai. Uh, he's teammates with Tom Chilton along with Jack Butel, Ash Hand in a Vauxhall, Jade Edwards in a teammates with Jason Plato, Daniel Lloyd is the fourth Hyundai, and then Michael Kreese is in a Vauxhall. So those are the independents and the manufacturers. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine that are eligible for the Jack Sears trophy for independence. Manufacturers are BMW, Toyota, Motorbase, Ford, Team Dynamics, Honda, XLR8, Motorsports, Hyundai in the British Touring Car Championship. So we will see if Ash Sutton can defend his title in his Ford. We will transition into the Pasta Fazul Grand Prix at Imola, and I'll let Josh take it because I've been talking for a while. Um, what do we look for here? Is it going to be a uh, Charles Eclair benefit at home? Will the issues for for Honda, Red Bull powertrains, and Max Verstappen get fixed here? What can Mercedes do? There's a whole lot to talk about here. It's the first European round. First time where we can really think about upgrades, um, even with the cost cap. Will upgrades happen? How do we know? What do we know? What can we expect here this weekend at a track which generally isn't known for um, its raceability? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things to expect from this race. I mean, I think for the first thing you have to consider is Ferrari. It's obviously a, a home track for them. And, you know, obviously this racetrack is named after Ferrari, right? Enzo um, di Ferrari uh, racetrack, also known as Imola. So uh, I would think that uh, that Charles Leclerc would want uh, to win this race and think uh, he has a very good chance of winning uh, right now and definitely uh, think he's the favorite to, to go out and win this race. Uh, so uh, I think priority number number one is getting Charles Leclerc that win, and then probably they would like to see uh, Carlos Sainz finish uh, on the podium, whether in second or third. 
Uh, so that's probably the first story to look out for, and probably the easiest one since uh, Ferrari's uh, been on point so far to start the year. Um, and then I think with Red Bull, obviously they've had issues with uh, their reliability in their cars. Um, right now, it's uh, you know been a, a tough year uh, so far for Red Bull in terms of the stability of the cars and um, the reliability, especially for Max Verstappen. Um, he's been up there battling with uh, Charles Leclerc, but he hasn't been able to finish and because uh, of issues with the, the Honda engine uh, to start the year. So um, they they haven't had a chance to uh, put in a, uh, upgrades yet. Uh, so th I'm, I think yeah, after after this uh, race, I think it would be a good time to upgrade. Um, I mean, they, they have an upgrade planned for at, Imbl uh, at Imola, but it seems like... Um, any development that they make is more of a evolution rather than just a, uh, you know, a gigantic upgrade. So they're trying to, you know, downplay any talk. So we'll have to see, uh, what happens. Um, you know, they've won one race obviously in Saudi Arabia, but other than that, it's been hit or miss for, uh, Red Bull so far to start the year. Um, so we'll see what kind of upgrades they can uh, bring. You know, uh, I think probably the first thing is, can they compete? And then also, will they be able to finish with uh, Verstappen? Obviously, they want to get him back into the uh, the title fight. Uh, he's already behind by a lot uh, compared to Charles Leclerc. So if they can get him back into the fight, that would uh, be priority for them. Um, I think um, for Mercedes, it's probably just... Uh, good chance for them to be able to run up front or run close to the front. We haven't really seen a whole lot of them, uh, in terms of, you know, competing, leading laps, uh, in everything. Obviously it's been all Charles Leclerc or Max Verstappen. So we'll have to see, uh, if Mercedes can kind of use strategy to stay up front. Um, they haven't had quite the good pace that they've had in the past. Um, obviously they're struggling with that. So, um, if they have any upgrades, uh, they'll be. Uh, we'll have to see what kind of upgrades. Uh, how does it affect their pace, and if uh, they can try to be more of a threat uh, for the podium rather than having to, you know, rely on strategy and whatnot to potentially make it up into the podium. So um, we'll have to see what how that plays out. And I think also there's the dynamic of a little bit of a rivalry. I would say maybe between uh, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton, but it seems not much right now. Um, obviously, Lewis is. Uh, trying to finish, you know, better than George Russell, but looks like so far George Russell's um, outfinished, outclassed uh, Lewis Hamilton for the most part to start the year. But obviously, uh, things can change. And um, right now, I think um, you know, uh, Lewis. Uh, I mean, I think George Russell's got a lot of pace, but I think you know, Lewis still has a lot uh, of fight in him to um, you know salvage the year uh, what they can to try to you know reach or catch Ferrari in the team constructor standings and then also in the driver's points as well. So we'll have to see what happens uh, in this race. Um, I mean, I, I foresee uh, Ferrari winning once again. Um, and I think, you know, maybe this time Red Bull at least will finish. We'll see if Verstappen can reach podium this time. Um, and then Mercedes will be right behind them in this uh, race in no particular order. Um, so we'll have to see what uh, that means for, you know, what ends up happening for all three of these teams. And then, I mean, I think you have to kind of look at, I'll, you know, let you handle the other part of the back, you know, the midfield. But um, I think one team to look at in this midfield is McLaren. Obviously they had their best performance of the year as a team in Australia 
you know, Ricardo uh, finished in the points, uh, finished, uh, and then you also had um, uh, Lando Norris finish in the points. So um, they, as a team, they did well for the first time this year after first two races uh, having a lot of struggle. So I think um, this race, we'll have to see if they can continue the momentum, I guess, and finish uh, within the points and then, you know, possibly maybe be a threat for the podium. We'll have to see, or at least, you know, be in, in the talk, you know, in the picture uh, competing in this race. So um, I think that's the, the one team that I would look at as uh, uh, someone that can maybe move out of the midfield if uh, things can go right for them. Yeah, I think the team that, I mean, you mentioned it with Mercedes, they're the ones to watch. What is Mercedes going to bring to the table here at Imola um, to try to get George and, of course, Lewis back in in contention? Can they bring a big enough upgrade within the within the confines of this um, cost cap to be within reason? Um, cut that gap maybe halfway, so like three-tenths uh, when you're on like total pace. Um, they have issues with porpoising worse than any other team, I think. Um, can they fix that? Can they go and get a wing set up or a ride height set up with dampers to go and make it um, more drivable? Uh, Lewis hasn't won there. It's one of the only tracks he hasn't won at. Um, they've only been going there a couple of years. So there is that. Uh, George, of course, wants that first career win. Um, it'll be hard uh, as things stand. Did I'm Lewis I'm, win in 2020 at... Emila. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry. Uh, no, I mean, I fine. that was oh yeah, that was the pandemic year too. Um, I'm gonna bring it up. Just uh, uh, it is. Uh, I'll just bring this up like that, and then in 2020, um, he only ran 16 to 17 races, and he won at Emila. Yeah, he did. Um, and he won by five. 0.7 seconds over Valtteri Botas. Valtteri Botas led the first 18 laps, um, and he um, took over from lap 19 to the end of the race. Uh, okay, so yeah, my fault. Sorry, I'm having a great one this show. Uh, for the people that don't want to like me, well, you're you're getting your fill. But um, the reality is, I think that's the main story. Will uh, I mean, Josh already mentioned it. Can Red Bull, with their reliability, have both cars finish, which is big in regards to constructors? Can Max Verstappen score points? He may win the race. I mean, who knows? Probably likely he'll be the guy that wins the race. Um, that's what F1 wants anyway. Um, but Charles Leclerc is the points leader. It would be a great look for him and for Ferrari to win at home. Enzo and Dino Ferrari, whatever the hell they call it, the Motodromo Enzo and Dino Ferrari, which is Imola. Uh, you'd think in 2022 they could go and make changes that wouldn't involve them having multiple Mickey Mouse chicanes um, to make the track a little bit more racy. Um, personally, at this point, it's been long enough. Uh, we're closing in on uh, 30 years nearly since uh, Senna's death. I think you could bring back the Parabolica. If you want to go and have the Mickey Mouse chicane before Tosa, okay, fine. Um, but you have enough sand and runoff where I think you could bring back the Parabolica at least, let alone the Tosa hairpin to where it's actually, 
you can draft and you can do stuff um, and make the track at least decent. The track's a dump. Um, it's probably good for lower level, lower formula series and touring cars, but it's not meant for formula one. It's a waste of time. Honestly, I think the F2 and F3 races will be a little better. F3 will be really good there. F2, meh. And then the F1 races can probably suck. Um, because the ones they've had so far since they came back there have sucked. Um, I'll pick, uh, fish lips to win. Uh, makes me nauseous. But um, Fish Lips to win, uh, Leclerc second, and Lewis Hamilton third. In regards to what Josh mentioned for the midfield, yeah, McLaren's up there. But I'm thinking Alpine. There's news on motorsport.com where they're talking about the power unit being within reason, only a few BHP uh, off of the top teams which is basically ferrari because they're the only ones that truly figured out this new e10 fuel and put it with made it with their engine uh power unit and have it in a position where they can compete the honda people have not figured it out mercedes is in a bad spot so it's a good spot for alpine considering if andretti can get into formula one they'd have a customer um, to go and make things look good. I think Alpine with Alonso, he's a former winner there. Esteban Ocon, I think, is one there in lower formulas. Um, it would be a good spot for them to do something. Of course, for Alpha Tori, it's a home game. Uh, you figure Pierre Gasly wants to do something along with Yuki Sonoda. Those uh, two, along with McLaren, are the midfield battle uh, for sure. Alpha Romeo, you know, real. Alpha Slobber uh, going and doing something there. Um, Valtteri Botas has done well there in the past, so that might be there as well. And who knows, maybe Haas, after a rough outing at Australia at a more open racetrack, they might get back on pace. Maybe Mick Schumacher can finally score a point. That would be a dark horse pick. I'll go and, like they do that on on Grid Talk, like your whatever uh wild card thing i think my dark horse thing is mick schumacher finally scores points um in for the first time so we will uh go from talent or from Emilia romagna imola to cup series and xfinity at talladega um we'll we'll lead off with xfinity they had a week off last week um for the dirt during Easter, so that was good for their Xfinity teams to get an off week. Cup Series isn't going to have an off week for a while. It'll be Father's Day. Three three cars will uh, miss the race. They have 41 for 38. Um, Jeffrey Earnhardt's going to be in the three car. Chandler Smith's in the 26. And then Kaz Grala is going to run for Big Machine Racing uh, Scott Burchetta's 48 car. I mean, and it's interesting considering uh, Jade Buford had a good run at Daytona and he ran, he was up front. Uh, you're pulling Jade Buford there, but Kaz Grala is an experienced driver. He knows his stuff. He's run Cup and Xfinity, Cup, Xfinity, and Trucks on Super Speedways. He is a former Super Speedway winner for GMS, so uh, in a truck. So he's a good, solid shoe. So I'll be interesting to see there. Um, Natalie Decker is in the 13 for um, 
car along. So I think that was just a hook to go and get her in the show because she seemingly can't qualify on merit. Jesse Awuji and CJ McLaughlin are in this race. So those are two people I'll cause wrecks. Um, Shane Lee, uh, the co-owner with, uh, or no, he's a, or he's driving, I said co-owner, Patrick Amber won, uh, oh, both of them before it's, hmm, okay, Josh, um, the, was it, Jeb Burton won last year, Justin Haley, you know, there's, it's a trend, um, personally, I'm gonna let my fandom play a role in this, Daniel Hemrick led the first, won the first two stages at Daytona and got wrecked. Uh, he's had a solid yet unspectacular start to his uh, title defense. Uh, he's done more work in a cup car than he has in an Xfinity car, honestly. But I think he goes and makes up for that, and he goes and gets that win on Saturday, his first win for college racing. And then, I mean, of course, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Landon Castle gets that elusive W there. Um but I, I would go out on a limb and say that Sheldon Creed, because you think about Austin Hill and how good his car was at Daytona, Sheldon Creed needs a little help to go and make the playoff for sure. That's another one to look at, even though super speedway racing has not exactly suited him um, in the past. Um, I'm trying to go through the field, see who else. Might be a wild card, of course. Brandon Brown uh, won the race in October, which has led to a great uh, red herring uh, for a segment of the population. Um, He's fast. He's been fast at certain racetracks, so can't really count him out. Uh, You can't count out Ty Gibbs, even though he's a tool. Uh, I think Kaz Grala in that 48 car, which is also an RCR, affiliate would be an interesting uh, person to look at. You know, he has nothing to lose. He'll be aggressive. Um, He has a chance, I think, here on Saturday. What are you looking at for the Xfinity race? Yeah, obviously there's a a lot of uh, still the team racing aspect uh, for colleague racing coming into effect. Then, you know, also junior motorsports seems like they have it figured out too. Uh, so, I, you know, both those teams are going to try to be up front and still, you know, I still think it's going to be a, a colleague race for the most part until the end. Um, but uh, I think, I don't think uh, any of those teams will win actually any of the cars from those teams. Um, I'm tempted to pick Austin Hill because he won at Daytona. Um, and I, th- you know, I think he's uh, kind of underrated, I guess, on the super speedways. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, him and Sheldon Creed definitely try to work together. Uh, and, uh, you know, both of them are children's cars, so they definitely have both have a chance, uh, at winning or trying to, you know, have a win in this race. So both those cars, um, could be very competitive. Um, uh, I also, you know, look at, um, um, somebody like Anthony Alfredo, you know, the hour motorsports, um, teammate with, uh, Jeb Burton there. So, uh, both those guys, um, I think are fairly good at super speedway racing. Um, we saw Anthony Alfredo's window pop out back at Daytona, but he's had a pretty up and down year. Uh, could see him potentially, um, sneaking a win or, you know, getting a surprise win like that. Um, so, 
you know, I think um, for the most part, it's probably going to be another, you know, colleague team dominated race where they figure out pack racing and they figure out how to stay together throughout the race until the very end. And then something's going to happen and take all of them out of contention or um, somebody from the rest of the field is going to figure out a way to uh, outsmart them and get their way to the front uh, by the time they get to the checkered flag. Uh, so it should be a I wouldn't say a processional race per se, but I think um, the way that colleague has figured these races out probably going to be a, a somewhat of a processional race uh, at you know so, you know through some parts certainly does lead to the part where you talked about restrictor plate racing being boring and um, unwatchable because um, they're going to definitely be riding around probably up top you know for a good portion of the race single file or on the bottom single file so um, until you know the the stages and um, you know, the, the end of the race. So that's usually how the plate races go, uh, in the Xfinity series these days. But, um, you know, wish they had the, at least, uh, I'm not saying that they need to bring tandem racing back, but you know, they, they have that stupid rule, uh, where you're not allowed to lock bumpers in, into the corners. You can, you know, you can push draft, but you have to make sure you stay off of them, um, after a while, which, uh, still think is kind of ridiculous so we'll see what happens in this race but definitely think um it's going to be colic benefit for the most part yeah the the point is they're going to wreck anyways going and not allowing push drafting or tandem drafting doesn't stop wrecks they destroy half the field or at least a third of the field in every one of these races let them do what they want to do at the end of the day um and to be fair they're going to wreck so let them wreck. Um, it isn't a, the point. Like, that's what Daytona and Talladega is all about. It fits the LCD. You know, let them wreck. They're going to go and destroy equipment. Unless, and if you have a fast race car, you're going to be up front anyway. And those people are going to run in single file line until, like, 20 to go. That's what super speedway racing is. That's always been the case. I mean, they try to run multiple packs and have them side by side for hundreds of laps, even though that's not, to me, that's not racing. You're just all sitting there waiting for somebody to pull a Mike Wallace or a Michael McDowell or some some other hack um, and go and wreck the field. That's that's literally what, what super speedway racing has become. Um, so it's whatever. We'll see what happens with that. I think calling is going to have a great weekend. Um, they're going to want to maximize their situation with whoever it is, whether it's um, Daniel Hemrick, whether it's the 10 car of um, Landing Castle or the 16 with A.J. Allmendinger, of course, who has won uh, earlier this year and has Nutrien Ag Solutions again on this car. So it's ironic that they left for the full season from Jeb Burton, left him without a job, but they're running limited races with A.J. Allmendinger. All of a sudden, they found money. Um, that's convenient. Um, yeah, let's go to Cup. Uh, I'm going to let you start first, Josh. Uh, I think the question, there's, there's they, have, they don't have a full field or they don't have uh, overage over 40 cars, so everybody's going to make the race. Uh, Gagson's running a Wendy's car, which makes sense considering how bloated he is. Uh, Landing Castle will be running in the 77, so that car hopefully will wreck. 
Um, J.J. Yaley, and I said that again, who cares? I mean, with what his sponsor is, it deserves to wreck. J.J. Yaley will be in an MBM number 55 um, this weekend with a Ford. Um, Biffle be in the 44. Trying to go through some of these other people. Hamrick will be in the 16. So uh, for colleagues, so that'll be good. Uh, get right, double duty. Cedric won the 500. Um, trying to remember. In regards to the clash, um, I have to go and bring that up. No schedule. That was a Coliseum. So, yeah, so they didn't even run. Um, yeah, so I think the question I'm going to give to you is, who needs a win in this spot, which is a wild card scenario? Who needs a win in this spot that could go and give themselves that opportunity to get in the playoff? Um, and give and the comfortability to not have to worry the rest of the regular season. Well, I think there's a bunch of drivers, not just one driver that needs a win, but I think there's a list of several drivers that could use a, a win in the Cup Series uh, at Talladega, where uh, a win is easily, well, not easily, but certainly the path to victory is easily attainable compared to other tracks. And um, I mean, go back to who finished second in Daytona 500, Bubba Wallace, um, has had a great year since it's been pretty up and down uh directly compare that to his teammate kurt bush uh, uh it's been up and down for him too i mean he's done a little bit better than bubba wallace but um he's only two spots above him in the standing sitting in 20th uh so kurt uh could use a win there too and then go go to denny hamlin i mean yeah he's already won he's in the playoffs but he's not doing so hot this year he's mired you know behind both of his uh cars that he owns in 23rd in points so denny could honestly use the win even though he just won like you know three weeks ago at, at richmond um there so um he could use a win ricky stenhouse could use a win uh he was up front led 16 laps uh and the daytona 500 was up front late until he crashed uh you know late in the race and then right below him in the standings brad keselowski uh you know ran well well uh so far this year um but of course, had that huge penalty after Atlanta, so you know, obviously, probably could uh, use a win there uh, to you know get him back. Um, I mean, obviously, he's still playoff eligible right now, but you know, very much could could uh, use a win to uplift his season by a whole lot, and certainly get his first career win as a Cup owner in the series. Um, other drivers that could use a win that have been struggling this year. Um, I mean. I wouldn't say struggling, but certainly somebody that could use a win, and that's Tyler Reddick. Um, obviously, he's had chances to win this year. Obviously, last night at Bristol, could he you know, be somebody that can run up front in the RCR car, um, in the number eight car, and potentially win his first career race at Talladega? There's been a lot of drivers that won their, their first career race uh, at Talladega. So, you know, he's another guy that um, probably needs a win. Um but I mean, I don't think he's a wild card driver. But you know, obviously, he's right up there at the top of the list as somebody who who needs a win, uh, certainly. Um, so there's a lot of the uh, guys that um, who needs a win. But I mean, if I'm going to pick, if I'm going to pick a guy out of that list, um, I'd probably go with Bubba Wallace. And I mean, and if I didn't pick Bubba Wallace, I'd go with uh, Brad Keselowski. So I think Bubba and then Brad Keselowski. I think those are the two guys that I think uh, could potentially use a win and um yeah we'll go ahead and we'll pick the algorithm too why not i mean yeah we need to do it for both xfinity yeah. and and for, I, for cup so i'm yeah. going to give you give you the floor here oh yeah let me 
pull up Excel here, and uh, you, I'll let you go because for a minute because I've got to copy over the the numbers and everything from the entry list and put that together. But yeah, you make your pick. Yeah. So I mean, you brought up two people. Um, Brad Keselowski needs a win. He's outside of the top thirty, or basically on the top thirty bubble, whatever the hell, um, in points right now. So he needs every point he can get. And if he his last win for Penske was at this race last year, had to beat Michael McDowell, who ran him over for the five hundred. He's right on the bump. He's a point ahead of Corey LaJoy in 30th. Now, Corey LaJoy runs really well in these super speedways. Oh, Richard is 29th in points. Um, Those are three people that if they could win this race, it would totally change their whole, their year. Um, I I mean, Bubba is another one. He's only, he's ahead of Denny, his car owner in points, but Denny Hamlin has a win. Um, Another person that if they could go and somehow pull one out of their ass, I mean, last week, Ty Dillon was relatively fast on dirt. Um, So maybe he goes and continues that momentum and uh, does well. Uh, I'm personally going to go and pick um, for this weekend, I'm going to pick Brian Blaney. Um, he's great at Talladega. It's a track he's won at multiple times. So I'll pick Ryan Blaney. I think the person to also look at is his BFF, uh, one of my favorites, Bubba Wallace, the winner in October, even though NASCAR didn't want to have him have that. Those are the two people I would look at for sure. Uh, dark horse pick in regards to this field uh, this weekend. Dark horse, I would say, is Daniel Hemrick. Hemrick uh, ran well at Daytona. I keep on saying he he runs better in the Cup car than he does in the Xfinity car. It probably means he's more meant for the Cup series, even though he had a brutal year in the Cup series. The one year he had, the college cars are always fast. We mentioned that in the Xfinity preview. They're also fast at Daytona and Talladega in the Cup Series. Um, no matter who they put in, whether it's Haley, Gralla, now you have Hamrick, they're fast. Give them a chance. Put them in a spot to go and backdoor win um, and it go and mess with the playoff. But even though he's not in the, he's not declared for Cup points, it would be like Justin Haley winning at Daytona a couple years ago for Spire. But you big. For the colleague team to get another Cup Series win um, and uh, solidify themselves in the sport, which at the end of the day, Matt Colleague isn't going to let this team fail, so it's a good thing for the sport. Um, Josh, are you ready? Uh, I am. I'm not ready yet because okay. So I've got to work some magic here a little bit because so the way that I've been doing this, I'll explain real quick. Is I go into um, racing reference and pull the entry list from there and they have it organized so all I gotta do is just highlight the individual columns and just you know hold the control button and uh, click on you know just highlight that row and then copy it into Excel and it works but they haven't uploaded it yet so I'm trying to you have I'm to be on JSKI and figure it out yeah yeah I gotta go on JSKI I downloaded the entry list now I'm about to Open, open this in Microsoft Word. Uh, so we have to go through a couple of hoops and loops, though. But 
I mean, we'll keep talking about Talladega, try to fill this in while we do yeah. this. I but, mean, the fact is with the Xfinity series, we'll go back to that just for a little bit because uh, the Cup series is pretty straightforward. I mean, you have certain people, you brought up racing reference. I'll go and um, get into the fantasy stats since people are in a fantasy play and uh, daily racing restrictor plate races, last 10 restrictor plate races, um, the average finish in the last 10 restrictor plate races. I mean, taking um, Austin Sindrick's, uh, of course, his win at Daytona, um, he's only had two races at super speedways, both of them in the Daytona 500. Um, he ran to the finish of both of them, but one of them, of course, he's won. Um, in regards to people that have run multiple races there, Ryan Blaney is the best, uh, three wins in the last 10, Denny Hamlin third, and then Bubba Wallace fourth, um, four top five finishes. Um, Denny Hamlin's car owner has six top fives and then his BFF Ryan Blaney has five. So those are three people you want to look at, uh, Clyde. Has six top tens in the last 10 super speedway races. His stats are very similar to Kevin Harvick's. And then you have Briscoe, Ty Dillon, Michael McDowell, of course, who won the 500 uh, a few years ago. Daniel Hemrick has a 16 and a half average finish, uh, which uh, places him 12th overall um, in the last 10 super speedway races. So, kind of in regards to the wild card, Brad Keselowski has one win in the last 10. Average finish was 16.6. Uh, Roush, him and Chris Buescher, 13th, 15th. The, it's a time for Roush, Fenway, Keselowski to put themselves in a position to get into the playoff. Um, they have to go and do something here uh, to give themselves a chance, I would think. Busher was up front late in the 500. Uh, the six car was up front for a while and wrecked a good part of the field. They're, they're going to want to get this um, win or put themselves in position to win in this spot, I would figure. So those are two guys to look at. Hamrick, the wild card, as I mentioned. Ty Dillon's another one. Uh, after a great run at Bristol on dirt where he probably wanted to get uh, more than a 10th place finish, uh, Josh. But yeah, it looks like you are ready. So we will go and throw to you. Yeah, of course. Well, in the Xfinity series, we'll go that first and we talk about that one first. But uh, the algorithm picks number six, which is Ryan Vargas. Uh, that's Oh, a- shit. There you go. Let's go. We could yeah. go. I, I can actually go and get nugget chicken nugget guy. We could get him on this show. If this happens, like I really want this to happen. It can. I want <laughs> I want him I want to manifest Ryan Vargas winning an Xfinity series <laughs> race. Oh, oh man. God. Yeah. Oh, so this great. is gonna be a Tate Fogelman all over again, except he won't crash him to win. <laughs> oh god, I want Ryan Vargas winning would be so great for the world. It it, it would it would it, it isn't gonna heal the world, but it would heal like certain things in NASCAR. It wouldn't heal the L C D, but for Johnny Davis's team to get a win 
it's possible to be fair if they wreck most of the field. It's possible if they go and do like 2001 or two, I forget what year, I think it was 2001 or 2002, they wreck like 75% of the field and are, and are wreck like 10 laps into the race. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like one of the greatest crashes in the history of NASCAR. Johnny Sauter yeah. getting getting hooked off of uh, turn two and then the backstretch turned into a parking lot. Yeah, that then, you know, when Johnny Sauter was a thing, uh, when he was considered a talent and not just the asshole who um, drives part-time in a truck, um, RCR thought he had had something. I mean, to be fair, Johnny Sauter had pace and speed, and that's not deniable. It's the fact that he's a douche and he doesn't have any awareness, which he had none in the year 2001, and he still doesn't in the year 2022. So at least uh, at least he's consistent uh, in that part. But I want Ryan Vargas to win their race, man. Now I have a reason to watch the Xfinity race, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, um, man. I, I really want Ryan Vargas to win this race. So um, let's uh, get into the cup cup deal and it'll probably be noah gregson but whatever uh no it's not noah gregson but you know you mentioned i mean well you mentioned yeah that crash in 2002 and i mean those were some great years for big ones like the yeah. 2002 race there in the xfinity and cup and then the year after in 2003 newman um he had some bad years there and oh uh, he flipped uh, over yeah. and uh, that was Daytona, old, yeah. Yeah, and he and my old friend went and said that's where you lost his where he lost his neck when um uh when he flipped over because he has no neck and he got blocked. Which <laughs> yeah. is hilarious. Um yeah, there the in in regards to Cup, like Junebug uh benefited, uh won that race. I mean Tony wasn't gonna pass him. That was a race where Tony took the points lead in 2002 um, from Sterling Marlin or whoever the hell, like Mark Martin, whatever. Um, that was the one when Jimmy Johnson, well, that was the A Sports 500 in 2002. Yeah. And that was Jimmy Johnson and Mark Martin crashed um, during the pace laps. It was like yeah. one of the most bizarre moments in, in racing. Yeah. But yeah. Jamie McMurray's Cup Series or second Cup Series race, I think. Or, or yeah, that was what? his first Cup Series race. The week after he won in Charlotte. And then the week after he won in Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That and I mean, but in terms of crashing, I mean, 02, 03, 05, those are some great years for crashing at Talladega in both series. But yeah, to bring it back to the, the, the algorithm pick, well, it does pick car number 42. Uh, Ty Dillon. Uh, oh shit! Race. So, oh boy, uh, some first-time winners here. It's picking some first-time winners this week. Oh uh, man, that could be, be wild. If if that happens, you want to talk about people freaking out about points? Uh, that would be great. Um, Ty Dillon wins. You want to talk about inbreeding? Freaking Mike Dillon would be Mike Dillon would be procreating in the in the infield for sure with with Clint Boyer. <laughs> uh, the two of them are two peas in a pod. Um, I mean, whatever it is, Talladega, he has run well there. Um, it's not out of the realm. The fact is to go back to the Ryan Vargas thing. They had a fast race car at Daytona. He qualified really well at Daytona. Um, didn't really get the fortune, uh, in the race. Ty Dillon, um, you know, he is what he is. I, I'm, I'm surprised it has never really worked out for him in cup, but then to be fair, he's never really been in stuff 
but Eric Jones is doing work, generally speaking, in similar equipment. But Eric Jones is a better driver. Than um, and he has Dave Allens as his crew chief, too. But, I mean, why not? Going, going with Talladega. Let's go. Let's, let, let's go and flip it on its lid. Um, make the fact that Tyler Reddick still hasn't won a race or Daniel Suarez, who are both Xfinity Series champions, um, don't have a Cup Series win. But Ty Dillon could. And then Nugget, Chicken Nugget guy. That's the guy that should have the Wendy sponsorship, not Noah Gagson. The guy that should have the Chicken Nugget sponsorship from any of these um, major um, retail fast food chains is Ryan Vargas um, for multiple reasons. Um, but then he'd be priced out of JD Motorsports. He'd actually have to go and move to an actual team. It would probably knock out. He could go. He could go to the Scott Borchetta team. Then at that point, then he'd be in a real race car too. Um, but all right. So yeah. So now I have a rooting interest this weekend. Another reason for me to actually care about Talladega. I'm rooting for the six car in Xfinity. I don't really have a rooting in- interest in Xfinity anymore. I mean, Josh Berry probably is my guy. Uh, but I'm rooting for the six car. I always. I mean, I like Ryan Vargas. Now I have to root for Ty Dillon. Let's do it, because I know Chase ain't going to do jack shit. That's Chase Briscoe, because that's his actual government, not William Clyde Elliott II, who they call Chase, or Clyde, uh, his friends. Um, Petty GMS would get a win, which um, the last time Petty's team won was Eric Almirola at Daytona in a rain-shortened race. Back in 2013. So that's the last time a petty car won. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, that's why I love the algorithm. You, 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 you never know. And the fact is, I mean, I got a pick last week, but Josh was the one. He debuted it and fucking Tate Fogelman, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just, it's, this is all about Tate Fogelman. We need to have him on the show. I'm like, yeah. dude, you don't understand how big you are in regards to the whole realm of the GSP. My boy picked you scientifically through whatever means that, you know, Josh can do it in within the science of of uh, Microsoft Excel and whatever. But he picked you and you freaking sent that. John Hunter Nemechek, or whoever the hell, I think it was John Hunter Nemechek, um, into the woods and won your first race and gave Tyler Young another win at Talladega, um, which is crazy. Um, but hey, that's that's Talladega. That's why that's why Talladega exists, for that kind of finish. So uh, with that, I will throw to you, Josh, um, for the sim segment uh, before we close the deal. Yeah, as always, but I mean, I will say first of all, um, with the algorithm, one of these days I'm gonna have to code up a actual algorithm here, or like figure out how to, um, you know, code up a machine learning AI or something, or use it to make the predictions instead of Excel, because then it'll actually get crazy. But then it might actually be a little bit too realistic. But you know, that'd be a little cool side project for me. But um, no, the sim segment, um, uh, racing in, I mean. Past week, uh, when I could race, did a IndyCar Open Series at Fontana. I had one stream up, uh, which you can go and watch. Um, uh, I mean, it's pretty competitive. You know, I was racing up against guys that, um, 
are pretty high up ranked in iRacing on, on Indy cars. Um, it was uh, swapping the lead, trading lead with him, and uh, it was a hell of a lot of fun being able to uh, do that. You know, I uh, really like using the high line. You know, I, I talk about it all the time using the high line up there, running running the uh, the Kyle Larson line uh, in California, running right up against the wall in the Indy car. So it's uh, takes a lot of balls to do that, and I was able to do that. So uh, and I was the only one that was willing to go up that close to the wall, anyways, um, and do that. So um, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I mean, uh, I didn't win, but you know, definitely definitely had a lot of fun and going to be able to use some of that knowledge hopefully for the iRacing Indy 500, which is next month in May. Uh, so there's that. And then uh, this week, uh, probably going to do some Talladega. You know, I'm do Talladega uh, with uh, the Xfinity car and the Cup car, maybe the truck. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Because um, uh, it's really easy to tank your rating and I rating uh, on iRacing. So uh, if you you know if you crash or get in a wreck, you know finish poorly and lose i rating and then the safety rating deal there so probably gonna try to you know pick pick and choose uh when when to go and when not to go um because uh definitely um yeah i i know how to be up front at, at these races uh for sure and i've you know definitely had a lot of chances on the table um so definitely think it's possible to go out and um get a good finish there without you know getting scratched up or anything like that so be on the lookout for that um also probably do some road racing uh the honda civic type r at road america um probably do some mazda uh, miata mx5 racing at uh charlotte road course the charlotte roval um always a good track for that car um it's a lot of fun uh, and racing in that car in general so i think those are probably the series i'm looking at this week um probably i think the indycar fixed series is at Twin Ring Motegi, and then the uh, Open Series is at Barber, uh, which both both tracks. I'd have to go out and buy the downloadable content for my racing, and I'd rather just uh, race the content that I already have that I already paid for. Uh, but you know, there's could go out and buy it, but we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think those I'm gonna probably be focusing on this week uh, in iRacing and you know as as always you can go and watch the streams uh twitch tv slash ucler2 and make sure to uh, tweet out the streams when i'm live and if you miss it you can always go back and watch it up there it's up there for i don't know how long but it's usually up there for maybe a month or two and then it goes away in the archive into wherever twitch puts it into so uh, it'll be up there for quite a while if you want to go up and watch that so you know that's where you can go and watch the sim stuff and and everything and um I mean we'll go ahead and start the close i guess but uh transition to my stuff but yeah as always you can follow me at twitter on or on twitter at jp huffine um and that's you know where i'll tweet out the streams and then give my takes on uh all these races happening at talladega this weekend um anything else i'm interested in uh the jags as they prepare for the nfl draft um Maybe get some of my takes there or at least some of my retweets. Um, people that I, I follow that know more than me uh, about the Jaguars right now and are very knowledgeable and people that I trust. So you can look at that. Um, and, um, yeah, that's where you can follow me on social media mostly. I mean, it's basically at JP Huffine on most platforms. Um, and then also, you know, we got our YouTube channel that we started a few weeks ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, that we're trying to get up and running, which we already are running. And that's where we'll have this video stream on for uh, the podcast. So you can go up there and watch the replay of the uh, video replay of the stream and then 
um, you know, give us a like, comment, and subscribe to our channel when you're trying to grow the channel. And then, you know, we'll probably probably have to put up that Tay Fogelman video because I still, I remember I downloaded that. You gave me the video copy of that. So definitely going to have to put that on there. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll have some YouTube exclusive content on there later on with whatever, um, you know, videos we just uh, decide to put up there. So look out, be on the lookout for that, of course, and subscribe and then, you know, turn on those post notifications so you can see uh, when we go on YouTube. And then, of course, you know, follow the page where we'll tweet out the GSP videos, uh, um, podcasts, and everything on the GSP handle, which is at GripStripPod on Twitter. So that's where you can follow us. Yep. That goes and leads right into my deal there. I mean, at GripStripPod on Twitter, GripStripPodcast. Uh, on YouTube, which is great. Uh, Josh uh, doing his thing quietly, sneak in a in a sneaky way, going and posting our videos uh, and getting our uh, ourselves out there. Uh, it's interesting to watch me, I think, because I go and sit here and I get loaded while Josh calmly goes and does his thing. So you get to see the balance of how this show works. Uh, live on air and you can get to subscribe and as josh mentioned we are working on some youtube exclusive content that will be coming along here um in, in upcoming weeks i mean fact of matter is the jacksonville jaguars have the number one pick next week nfl draft definitely going to talk about that um for a few minutes in the show um if not our regular show we might have another show. If you subscribe or you go and hit us up on Twitter, you hit me up at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter, hit JP Huffine on Twitter, hit you Sailor2 um, on Twitch. Go and let us know. Tell us. Hit Gripture Pod on Twitter. Let us know. You want to go and have NFL draft content? We'll do it. We'll go and talk NFL draft. I mean, the Niners don't have a draft pick until the second round, so I don't give a shit. Um, we have our first-round draft pick because we have our future quarterback. But Josh needs a defensive end or an offensive lineman. Is it going to be a defensive end? Is it going to be an offensive lineman? Is Trent Balky going to trade it for horses in a, in a field? Who knows? Um, yeah, you can find me at Phil G. Matthew on Twitter. Find us at Christopher Pod. Grifter Podcast on YouTube. Um, hoping to be on the uh, Grid Talk Podcast this weekend for the Parmigiano-Reggiano Grand Prix, um, whether it's on Saturday for the sprint or um, Sunday for the race. We um, will be around. Um, new job, feeling good about the world. Um, a lot of things going well. I'm trying to go and manifest some good things, bowling is going good. I mean, not as much on Saturday, but bowling's been going good. We have to get ready for states. Um, Josh has all his stuff going on. Going to be uh, doing some trivia, um, considering how smart he is. I figure he knows a whole lot of stuff. You might have to go and do that as a spinoff episode on an off week or something. In the off season, we might have to do some trivia or sports trivia. That might be interesting, actually, the two of us dueling each other for sports trivia that might be something yeah you can talk now <laughs> i was i was giving you the in to go and uh, uh oh yeah for sure i mean yeah we gotta 
got to maybe do some sports trivia or i mean there's already a sports trivia games that we can watch and stuff so yeah i mean it's a lot of sports knowledge i think we both got uh on there and then probably some you know general knowledge you know, we can definitely do that um maybe yeah. sometime later but yeah yeah racing um, trivia too would be good and then and googs would be a good one and then i probably know a couple other people where we could have like a real racing trivia show uh Joe and then, Phil Spain. And yeah, and Phil Spain. Of us, five of us. Yeah, we could actually have a real interesting game, but we need to have somebody to host it because I wouldn't be able to host. I want to win. Um, <laughs> and and I'd be and the difference is nobody can say anything because I'm drinking. Um, that's why I'm not wearing my work shirt because I don't want to lose my job because I actually like my job. Um, I was going to wear my shirt and I was going to be like, oh yeah, they gave me a shirt and it's cool. Um, I'm not going to do that on the show. Um, it's a good plan. I'm trying to keep this job. It seems pretty good. Um, I did a lot of driving today, so, uh, I earned my beverages. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I've been on, I was doing a lot of tangents today, but that's why you go and listen to the Grifter podcast because you never know what the hell I'm going to say. That's what makes it great. And and you know that Josh is going to come through, as always, with the information and the proper content. I'll bring my content, too. We're always going to have the information here, and we'll cover all things motorsports. We're not just going to focus on one type of motorsports. No offense to people that only do one type of motorsports, but motorsports covers everything so come to us if you really want to go and talk about it i can talk about most stuff as my mom's going and um taking the ice off the pizza which you're gonna have for dinner um in the background um with that for josh i'm phil thanks for listening to the grifter podcast episode 110 next week's episode episode 111 we'll talk about everything that went on last this this week and then we'll uh, talk about the NFL draft and what's coming with that. A lot of teams that are hoping that this draft that theoretically isn't the most, the strongest draft can put them over the top. The Jacksonville Jaguars are one of them. Uh, there are other teams that have a lot of leverage. Giants, Jets amongst them, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, there are, there's a few teams that have multiple picks trying to leverage and put themselves in a position to be contenders. Carolina Panthers are something to watch. I'm going to leave it on that. Carolina Panthers at number eight um, or six or eight, whatever the fuck they are. Um, they're interesting. They're an interesting uh, team uh, with a coach that's probably on the edge. Um, they need a quarterback and a certain quarterback that's doing commercials right now and on social media might be in play, along with theoretically the number one quarterback um, on a lot of draft boards uh, might be in play too. So with that, we'll leave you here with the Gripshire podcast for episode 109. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, tell us what you think. Give us uh, any info or give us any uh, feedback. We'll always take it. We're all over the place. Wherever you can listen to uh, podcasts, you can listen to Gripster Podcasts. We thank you for that, and uh, take care, and we'll see you around next week.